the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. Last time, we visited with The Voice, Team John Legend vocalist, Pia Renee. What a treat it was. Let's get back to that chat now. So you've also had some exciting international performing opportunities. You traveled to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, how fun and to some other very cool locales. Tell us about some of your favorite travel experiences. Um, any time I get to use my passport, it's, it's a favorite time for me. Anytime is a stamp and a visa going in that little book, <laughs> it's a good time for me. Everywhere that I've ever gone outside of this country has been because of music. And I'm so very grateful for that. Music paid for my passport. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's the reason why I've, I've been anywhere in the world and coming from where I came from, like, I didn't know anybody who traveled internationally. I knew, I didn't even know, like, any international folks growing up on the west side of Chicago. So I consider myself extraordinarily blessed to have been gifted these types of experiences. But I will say the first time I set foot in Addis Ababa, it was life changing. Just, I didn't realize how much I internalized certain things about myself because that weren't good like when I went to Africa I recognized how much African-American culture in the United States is is still connected even if you don't have a conscious connection there are things that we do that are still in step with the Mm -hmm. homeland like you know at night everybody at Addis comes outside and they're just walking around and Mm -hmm. and everybody it's just this spirit about the communion and the fellowship that reminded me at home. I was like, this feels like the West side, but then a, a little goat ran past. I'm like, well, this is definitely not the West side. Cause we don't have random goats just running around, but it just felt like home and, and the food and the dance and the way people interact and the things that like, when I grew up, when everybody came outside on the block and having a good time, like not soon after, like the police would show up and, and I, and it, in my mind as a child, I internalized it as we were doing something wrong, even though it felt really good. So mm-hmm. to go to Africa and to experience that same kind of thing where everybody's just out and experiencing one another, just, it really adjusted something within me to let me know that, Hey, there's nothing wrong with my culture. There's nothing wrong with where I'm from or, you know, it just, it remedied something that as a child, I didn't have a, the language to express or ask questions about. So it was absolutely life altering. So wow. I, I would say Ethiopia is my, just my favorite place in the whole wide world. Wow. That is fantastic. For that reason. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's so very true. You know, when we're able to travel, we begin to see how people are connected. 
Yeah. Are connected. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. So where else have you gone? What other interesting stories do you have? I have experienced uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. I was there uh, actually on the 61st anniversary of their independence as a nation. Oh, wow. um, that was amazing. Yeah. I've gone to um, I, um, Abu Dhabi, Dubai. I've, I've gone to Toronto, Canada. I've been to Jamaica. That was on some leisurely stuff, but that's, it was still kind of music motivated. Um, let's see, where else have I gone? uh in the world where have you been (laughs) one time we refueled in italy you know so i was technically in italy but not in italy (laughs) that is exciting yeah yeah so those are the those are the 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 few places that i can i can recall yeah Yeah. but i've gone to uh ethiopia like three times total thus far wow yeah travel is a wonderful thing and and music as you were saying is a wonderful way to have the kinds of experiences that you might not otherwise have had absolutely it's a wonderful wonderful thing you know i will tell a very brief story about a guy that i knew as i was growing up i played violin and this guy played cello Mm -hmm. and he was quite talented and he came from a very poor 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 background and he ended up going to college, getting a master's degree, getting a doctor of musical arts, and was on the faculty at Kent State University, wow. all because of music. Yes. So I am a believer that music really does change people's lives. It does. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So you are a renowned voiceover actor. How did you get into that? You renowned. What? <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my, that's, that blows my mind to hear that. (laughs) It's true though. It's true. So how did you get into that arena? So I was, um, I was hired to actually sing and play bass at the uh, 3% conference, which is an annual event that's hosted by FCB here in Chicago. Um, And at, uh, I don't know if it's always at Navy Pier, but in this particular instance, when I was a part of it, it was at Navy Pier. And um, I was a part of this uh, creative collective group and on the inspiration, they have an inspirational piece and we were a part of that. So I was hired to sing a song and play bass guitar along with everybody else that was singing and, and making merry. So the person that hired me requested me to do, um, requested that I do Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. And um, and the uh, it was a c- creative collaborative group called uh, Clark Street Bridge. And the gentleman's name was Jeff Boyle, who brought, who re- made this request to me. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, Still I Rise is very motherly, is very, very pointed culturally. So you got to come and you got to bring the, you got to bring the soul. So when the, we, we finished singing and playing instruments and then we moved on to the the the, po- the poems and there were two young ladies that went in front of me and they delivered their pieces and then I came with Still I Rise in all of its majesty and I didn't know that the CCO of FCB Susan Creedle was present she actually was emceeing the event I didn't know who she was and she was in the back of the room and when I was in the process of delivering the piece she whipped out her phone and started recording me and not only that, the event was being streamed back to the agency in Chicago. So everybody back at the home office in Chicago saw me and I was just on stage and I did the poem. I was proud. I was happy. Yay. Good day. And, and so we go backstage and everybody's just, you know, decompressing and getting prepared to leave. And a couple people had, um, no, actually 
a gentleman from the agency that I connected with because I had inquired about writing, um, presenting music to them for TV ads and film. And uh, I wanted to partner with the agency. So I, you know, connected with this person. And he was like, oh, Pia, you know, funny enough, you wanted to connect with us. They're asking if you uh, can come down and do a read at the at the office. I'm like, okay, now at this point in my life, I know nothing about voiceover, the, the world of voiceover. I don't know the terminology. I don't know the buzzwords, nothing. So I'm, I'm okay, cool, I'll, I'll do that. So I'm packing my base up with my amp and I'm rolling back to my car and I'm getting all these text messages and phone calls like FCB wants you to come in, FCB. I'm like, all right, fine. I took the day off from work, I'll be there. So I, I roll on over to, um, and I'm, this is the abridged version of the story because it's actually super serendipitous in and of itself. But for the sake of time, I'll just, I'll give you the abridged version. So I roll over to FCB. I, I get upstairs and it's like five people waiting on me and they're like, you know, hey, how are you? It was kind of like, it just, it caught me on guard. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> so they whisked me off into a room and they started to talk to me about Walmart and I'm like, okay. And they hand me a script and they're like, well, can you go into the booth and give us a read? I'm like, cool. So I go in, I read it. They give me a few notes. Hey, well, can you put a smile in your voice here? And can you give us an upward inflection on this part? I'm like, okay, fine. So in the process of doing that, there are people coming in and out of the room just looking and I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> so I finish in like 15 minutes. I come out, the copywriter, the guy who actually wrote the script, was like, oh, you did great. That was amazing. So what I didn't know at the time was it was so unorthodox for um, voice talent to come in at the recommendation of a high level executive. That's why people were peeping in like, who is this? Like, who, who is she? What is she doing? Like, that's why all these people were popping in and out of the room. So I come out and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, all right. So, and fast forward, uh, FCB where they, they ha actually hadn't won a piece of the PR business with Walmart, but when they pitched the uh they made the pitch using my voice they actually won the business oh my god so he ended up getting a, a nice piece of the pr business for walmart with that, is, truly. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic wow yeah. and then it's just gone on for you from there it has it has and it's been absolutely miraculous and i it's not um it's not lost on me how amazing that is, because there are people that are trying to break into voiceover. There are people who've been in voiceover who've done it for years and they want a massive client like Walmart. And wow. I'm very, very extraordinarily grateful for wow. what I have. It's wow. I, I, Gratitude is not lost on me whatsoever. That's great. So what have been some of your other exciting voiceover opportunities? So I've done some work for CNN um, as a result of the Walmart work. So. Mm -hmm. um, there was um, a commercial, United Towns was the name of it, that uh, debuted on during the Super Bowl of, was it 2019? 2019, or I think it was 20, I don't remember. It's 2020, I think, I don't remember. Girl, time is just like, <laughs> weird dance in my mind. So um, someone from CNN heard that uh, commercial and they reached out to my agent. So I ended up doing a news promo for CNN, which was called A Matter of Trust, oh uh, which came out, um, yeah, with, yeah, it was amazing. So I've done that, I've done things for Nestle, I've done things for um, Ford, um, and these were more industrial things, which um, is 
things that their employees and people that are within it's in-house voiceover yeah. stuff versus things that are PR and advertising, which the public hears. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Nestle. And I've done some political stuff. I've done, um, what else? It's some other stuff in there. I just can't wow. think of it. I'm sure. Of I'm sure. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, how has voiceover changed for you during the pandemic? Have you been doing a lot? Uh, have you found good work? I have, I have, and I'm again very, 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 very blessed and fortunate to be able to have had work during the pandemic because the pandemic had such an ill impact for so many creatives, and I did not experience that. And um, in addition to that, prior to me becoming a, a voiceover uh, voice actor. I was um, an essential worker. I was driving trucks. Can you believe it? Someone this fabulous. I was driving trucks. So I was an essential worker. So, um, you know, I, I did. I, my my household was not ill impacted by the pandemic at all, and I had plenty of work with Walmart because they were very um, active with assuring their um, their customers that they were taking the proper steps in terms of sanitizing and in terms of even when the vaccine rolled out and you know, they really did take um, a reassuring approach, you know, during the pandemic. So that kept me going. Yeah, that is fantastic. Fantastic. So do you have a studio in your home? Do you do recording from your home or are you mostly going into your agent or how, when you do the commercials, how are you doing that? So actually primarily since the pandemic has been at home. So I've done, I have my little microphone and I move into like random spots in the house. Sometimes I'll be in the closet in my bedroom. Sometimes I'll sit in the kitchen if my refrigerator is not like humming and doing whatever refrigerators do. Um, <laughs> or if my there's nobody out here doing lawn work, you know, wow. I'll just record in whatever comfortable spot in the house. Wow, that's great. What kind of equipment do you have? So I have my handy dandy MacBook Pro. I have a Shure, uh, it's a SM5. I think that's the name of the mic. It's primarily used for podcasting, but it's fantastic for voiceover work. It does require an interface. It's not a USB mic where you just go mm-hmm. directly into um, the laptop. Um, and that's pretty much it. I have, you know, of course, the pop guard to catch my plosives, but I don't use yeah. it as often. But it's it's a very simple setup. That's great. And it works. It works yeah. right. You know, yeah. and I think that's so important. You know, we've had several other voice artists on, on the show. And um, they all say that, that it's, you know, it's a simple setup. It doesn't require necessarily a whole lot of really expensive stuff. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really great. So what do you think the future of the voiceover industry will be? You know, we've, we've talked with a lot of people who, um, they're, they're all recording from home. You know, some of the, some of the steps that were in there are now no longer really needed. So, so what do you think that the future of uh, voice work will be? Well, you know, I, I, I do miss actually going into the ad agency. I miss interacting with the staff there and, and the writers and the people and the engineers. I do miss that. Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it'll continue on the, in this way. If it does, I'm, I'm okay with it because I can literally record mm-hmm. VO anywhere I am. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, you know, I look at what's trending now versus what was popular when I was young. I remember hearing like the Anheuser-Busch commercials and they were very mm-hmm. polished and announcery and very mm-hmm. tune in to the next, this, that, or the third. <laughs> we are going to be here tomorrow. And that's 
nowhere near the VO landscape nowadays. Everything is conversational and authentic. Yeah. authenticity is very big and warmth and feeling like you're talking to your best friend or your mom or your sister or your brother. So I, I am very interested to see what the next wave will be once you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong with authenticity and, and bonding with people and making customers or potential customers feel safe and disarmed. I don't think that that'll ever go out of style. Yeah. But I am very, very curious to see what the next wave will be. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I, I think you're right. You know, I, I don't think that will ever go out of style. And it, it's just, it's a, it's a nice approach to people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, making them feel secure and comfortable. It's, uh, it's great. It's great. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the appealing things about your voice. I love your voice. It is Thank so, you. yeah, it's just so warm. It's so warm and Thank sincere. You. It's lovely. Thank you. So how has the pandemic impacted you personally and emotionally? How Ooh. has yourself encouraged during this time? I'm going to make you use your doctorate degree now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need me to counsel me now. Um, so I would say um, when things initially slowed down, and I had, I'm the type of person, I've become aware of myself that when I, I like to be active. Mm -hmm. And prior to me having this revelation about myself, I was addicted to being busy. And within being addicted to being busy, I recognize now that it was because I don't, I didn't like to feel my feelings. Like if I feel sad or I feel anxious or depressed or what have you, I would prefer to do something that I view as productive because I feel I feared that those emotions would render me unproductive and unprofitable. So if I'm doing something, if I'm busy, I'm doing something and I'm being profitable despite of this emotional state. So with the pan, when the pandemic hit and it gave many people, myself included, a much needed rest, yes, it was kind of, I didn't know how to deal with it initially. I know I needed the break. I needed the time, but I had a hard time just really settling into it. And that told me a lot about myself. Number one, I, we, the conditioning that we have, not, not just as individuals, but just as a nation, we nine to five, five days a week, typically, if not more, 40 hours plus per week. That's what we're used to. We're used to being workhorses in a way. So when you take away that element and then to the pride of being a working, a work hard, working person, when you don't have that anymore, you really, it really messes with the, the fabric of how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, okay, you're not what you do. Who you, who you are is not equivalent to what you do it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you're okay. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to rest. It's okay. And it's almost like the, 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 the outbreak of the, of the pandemic was the only way that people like myself would have given ourselves permission to do that. Otherwise, I, I don't think I ever would have given myself permission to just mm -hmm. be, just be not, you don't, you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to be nowhere. You don't have to be on just be. Yeah. And so um, I did initially when at the, the onset of the pandemic, I, I did feel a lot of emotions rushing, flooding me like, ah, we can't run from this anymore, can we? Oh, we must deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so initially I did feel that, but I would say now I'm in a much healthier place. I don't like 
live for the weekend anymore because quite frankly, I don't know what day it is most of the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've talked about that so many times, not knowing what day it is, not uh -huh. knowing what's on my calendar, all of these things. It's, you know, you're absolutely right. I think, I think that we have all had an opportunity to kind of search our souls. Absolutely. And really come to understand things about ourselves that we would not have had an opportunity for us. So I, I think that is fantastic. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. So have you taken up any new projects, knitting or anything like that? During Ooh, girl, listen, I wish <laughs> I was that person. I, you know, I have to do some uh, unraveling of the last, I would say 18 to 20 years because I've been a mom since I was 16, right? Yeah. So being a mom, still having to graduate from high school, going to college, working, just kind of go 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 so at this point it's like i don't want to have i don't want to do nothing i don't have to do but that's not okay because then i i turn my nose up at new learning new things and experiencing new things and it's like i don't got time for that yes you do you actually got a lot of time for that yeah. so come on invite these things in so i've done a couple of uh paint and sips so i do actually enjoy um painting mm -hmm. i enjoy uh i you know of course reading and and, and actually understanding that I don't have to live from a place of anxiety and come on, get it done. We got to do this next. You got to be here. Like you don't my, my, both of my children are in college and they're self-contained units and I have time now and I have to really recondition my mind to really live in that space because I'm, I'm, I'm not quite used to it yet. <laughs> yeah, that is wonderful. That's wonderful. So how have your children dealt with the pandemic? Everything's just been probably just fine for them, huh? Uh, not so much. My daughter, it, it kind of hit during her freshman year and she was ready to party real hard and just really, <laughs> you know, get herself acclimated to yeah. college life. And it really just cut yeah. into her, uh, her freshman year experience. So she yeah. was not happy with the pandemic at all. <laughs> um, my son, he, you know, he was a junior at the time. So he was kind of over it. Like I can just come home and do classes from online. I don't want to deal with yeah going back and forth to campus and we don't know what they're going to do if they're going to let us be here or not so yeah. he decided to come home and, and finish his last year online my daughter was like nope i'm still trying to live this life i'm still trying to have this party experience so her and her roommate got a, a place off campus and they're living oh. their best life and and just you know enjoying that experience still so i would say my daughter probably struggled with it the most yeah yeah that's so nice that you had that opportunity to be with your son yeah, come home. I mean, what a what a treat and a yeah. treasure that that time must have been for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it is. And he's got his own life and he's his, his days are full. So I have days I'm like, are, are you here? Like I had a call and say, are you are you home? I haven't seen you in like two days. He's like, well, you usually sleep when I leave and I'm downstairs. I'm like, oh, OK, I ain't sleeping <laughs> two days. So <laughs> that's, great. that's great. Such a blessing to have children. It, it, it is. I'm very grateful. They have saved my life in many ways. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to singers or to voiceover actors just starting out? What has been your secret to the amazing success that you're having other than a delightful personality? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say I have a secret. I would not say that at all because it still floors me that you would refer to me as renowned. And then when I met with my agent the other day, she was like, you know, you're one of the top earners here. I'm like, what? Like how? <laughs> and I would say to anybody starting out, um, just be about, make, make your pursuits 
look at it as your life's work. Be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself as you're growing. Don't chase after money. Don't chase fame. Look at look at your the work that you do and the gift that you have as the as how you want to live your life. And I, I always take I, I look at my music for for example as my life's work. So I'm not bent out of shape that I'm not. I didn't get a Grammy at 21 or I haven't gone on a world tour at 25. I'm 30, I'm 38 now. And you know, the people are just now seeing, I don't, I don't, I'm not bent out of shape about that. But if I was to allow external things to shape my consciousness and to shape my frame of reference, I would be like, Oh, I should have been doing this at 22. I should have did this by now. I should have been over here by now. I'm, I'm too, I'm not, of the, I'm too old or I'm not young enough. And I, yeah. You know, yeah be the captain of your own perception and make your make it to where you're comfortable within yourself and i'll honestly say i took the leap right before um well months months many months before the voiceover work um became a part of my life i took the leap from my corporate job and it was not comfortable at all mm -hmm. and i fit i really do believe that when you take um risks and you invest in yourself fully i do believe that you are met with things that you couldn't have thought of or asked for and i wouldn't recommend that anybody do anything unwise like quitting with no savings which is what i did <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i i was in foreclosure my homeowners associations uh dues were way way past due so they was trying to evict me my mortgage company was like uh homegirl we coming and every bill i had was behind and on top of that my daughter was getting ready to graduate high school and go into her first year of college so i had to make sure that she had her mile she was able to celebrate her milestones such as prom and the send-offs and those things without feeling without her feeling the discomfort that i was feeling because of the choice that i made but in the midst of all of that when the voiceover work became a part of my life it literally I was able to get caught up with my mortgage, able to get every bill back to a zero balance. Mm -hmm. And I do believe it's because I did take the leap. I do believe that not only because I took the leap and I, I, I had faith in myself and somehow the universe, God or whatever you believe in, met me there. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, but I've always made my children a priority. I've never... Um, said, well, I want to pursue this. So we're going to live out the car and we're going to shower at the gym. I've never made their lives no. uncomfortable because of my, my talent or my pursuits. And I really do believe that that matters. It matters how you treat people. It matters how you, how you, what you choose. So I would say, don't ever let, don't ever feel like time is working against you because it's not life is happening for you and not to you. Um, and that's, what I would say, I don't have a secret. I just, I'm a, I'm a girl from 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 the west side of Chicago who came from the most uh, unsavory set of circumstances and the most unfavorable statistics you can imagine. And I, now I sit here as being a uh, with a voice that, you know, people have heard, millions of people have heard and now they have a face to put with my singing voice and not just my speaking voice. So I am literally a miracle in many ways. So I, I don't, I, I just have faith in myself and I didn't quit. Wow. I would say that that's the secret. Believe in you with absolute reckless abandon and don't quit. Wow. Pierre, you are such an inspiration. I'm telling you, 
such an inspiration to, to people coming along, to people that are already on the path, to people that are, are mature and are already doing their thing. I mean, you just, you are truly just an inspiration. That's, that's all I can say. I'm so happy to have had this chance to chat with you today. Such an impressive career. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, I'm just. I'm <laughs> that blows my mind. Every time I'm like, I, Girl, what? <laughs> I wish you so, so much continued success. I know that you will have continued success. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is brought to you by the private music studio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at GretaPope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.